I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hmm, would you look at that? Shannon Sharp is going to first take. And I'm sure the uh, Green Goblin will be crying in the car tonight. Oh, well. Anywho, what's up, folks? Back with another one. And uh, we are in the midst of preseason, week two, actually. By the time you're viewing or listening to this, we will be in day two of the Chargers joint practices with my hometown, New Orleans Saints. And depending on where you're getting your information, a lot's going right with very little, not so much. Or, you know, most things are going right with some areas where things need to improve or just some guys suck altogether. I like the fair and balanced approach. So based on everything that I've seen somewhere in the middle. Uh, But yeah, like I said before, you know what it is. We're back with another five piece for the head top. So let's get into that. <laughs> I'm going to start this off with something that gave me a little bit of a chuckle. Uh, clearly as you just heard number one dry snitching because that appears to be exactly what was on Kyle Van Noy's mind a couple days ago when he went on Twitter to express his uh surprise shock if you will about the fact that Bryce Callahan's still a free agent to which someone hopped in the comments and said hey why doesn't Steli hop on the phone and make that call and uh Van Noy response paraphrasing here uh you know basically how do we know that steli makes that decision or can make it or however he put it but basically what he was alluding to is what we've kind of sort of heard from former players in the past that uh you know there may be some meddling with regard to personnel decisions or that the head coach doesn't necessarily have as much of a say in that as you may think they would of course it doesn't like really come down to the coach having a final say because essentially you know that's like the gm's job to make sure that they get the proper players but the coach does express what he needs and it's kind of sort of the gm's job to help give him that look i'm not saying 
but I'm kind of saying y'all see how all this is looking right anyway not going down that rabbit hole because I know you're gonna start calling me a conspiracy theorist but I pay attention to patterns and yeah there's one that exists and we have some tangible evidence in the form of former players expressing things of this nature it's not the first time probably won't be the last but I digress anyway just thought I'd get that off of my chest because I thought it was funny so anyway on to the meat and potatoes and actually that brings me into number two borrowed time John Johnson not being a charger and going to the Rams for essentially nothing is weird okay he's one of Brandon Staley's guys had his best season in Brandon Staley's defense with the Rams but Brandon Staley's no longer there and uh, the scheme is a little bit different so why isn't he a charger uh, is it because the Chargers have that much faith in Aloe Gilman and JT Woods or is it because the powers that be feel like you have enough there and you need to make it work coach him up all that sounds great in certain instances I can understand that but a couple things although he's dealing with a knee contusion and apparently it's not that big of a deal Staley says he'll be fine but we were all sitting with our butts puckered when we saw him with that uh, leg sleeve on initially because we didn't know what the hell was going on and the uh, alternative if Alohi can't go is JT Woods who is still a developmental player now do you want to really throw JT out to the Wolves week one against the Dolphins I know a lot of people don't really believe in a window but look at the charges as they're constantly I'm sorry as they're currently constructed apologies there uh, the way that you see this team now and I know you can say this with most teams but the charges could look very very different next year because of the cap and uh, in order for them to be compliant they're gonna have to do some maneuvering and some of maybe a couple of your favorite faces may not be around any longer so yeah if this is the best that your team can look right now then you should probably be doing all you can to have all of the requisite pieces in place to ensure or give yourself the best opportunity to succeed and I wouldn't say that that's the case right now especially when you could have made a move for not very much bread Anywho, let's just hope that uh, he can stay healthy. And even then, we're talking about a guy who may be an average free safety. Maybe. Maybe they feel comfortable enough with what he showed them last season and some development in this offseason to where think that he can be at least an average to maybe slightly above average free safety in the NFL. They're the experts, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about some more fun stuff, shall we? Number three, the Oregon Trail. And uh, my 80s babies out there will get the reference for everyone that came after, you know, Gen Z years, whatnot. Can't really help you. You guys grew up in a different time and uh, you missed out on a lot of really awesome stuff. <sighs> Sucks for y'all. Anywho. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Did any of y'all out there uh, notice anything different offensively from the Chargers against the Rams in the first few drives of last week's game? Maybe a couple of different formations? Okay, I'll kill the drama. They ran pistol, and not just base pistol, but offset pistol. The fullback next to Easton Stick, tailback behind him. Actually, one of my favorite formations. You could do so much out of that and put so much stress on a defense, particularly if you have a mobile quarterback and a few good running backs. You could literally just use that as your base offense and run multiple looks out of it. It'll never happen, but man can dream. Anyway, that's actually something that Herbert did a bunch of at Oregon, was very successful with it. But I'm going to look beyond that. There's a certain name that's on the staff now that also had experience running the pistol offense as a quarterback and was a pretty awesome college quarterback. Y'all see where I'm going? Give you a second to figure it out. Okay, we don't have that kind of time. Pat White. That's right. Uh, many people may have forgotten, but he is on the Chargers staff. And Pat White, whew, look, let me go down memory lane really quickly. The West Virginia Mountaineers from 04 to 08 were crazy. Um, You had Pat White as your quarterback, who's your dual threat guy, but those legs, more than anything, is what really made that offense go. You had Steve Slayton at running back phenomenal another speedy shifty dude you had Darius Raynard who sorry guys welcome to another episode of who doesn't Craig know is a Louisiana kid that grew up in my rival neighborhood you know playing for my rival neighborhood so knew him growing up and oh also Pat McAfee was a part of that squad as well so snapple fact but man that offense was explosive so I'm sure some of what Pat had with regards to experience and some of his influence and input is going in there with Kellen Moore and with Herbert having run that similar style of offense before. I'm sure the Chargers are going to use it uh, to great advantage. And I'm looking forward to it because anything that you can do to get Herbert on the move and not have him necessarily be static in the pocket, I'm all for. But also, from a perspective of how you can utilize your running backs, you can get both Eckler, Spiller, Eckler, Kelly, whatever combination you want. Of course, you know who I'm partial to. In the backfield at the same time, you can motion guys out. You can get tight ends on the move. There's a lot of stuff you can do there. RPO stuff, option stuff, just, just you know. Anyway, I don't want to nerd out on you guys. It's not what you're here for. But I'm very, very happy it's being incorporated, and I hope to see a lot of it. And uh, on to the Forsky. Fuller house. I'm not going to take this time out to pat myself on the back, but sorry, man. Elijah freaking Dotson. Y'all saw that. Mm, he's giving the charges a lot to think about. 
you already had it pretty much mapped out, right? You've got Eckler, Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller. And then there was Larry Roundtree, who's no longer a Charger, by the way. Uh, best of luck to you, Larry. But uh, is anyone really surprised? Dotson stepping up and going, what, six carries for like 92 yards, two huge runs, and yeah, he was against backups, but he's also an undrafted rookie free agent. So it's not like Eckler was doing it. He was playing the level of competition that he should face as an undrafted rookie free agent. And he made the most of his opportunities. If he can continue to produce like that throughout the preseason, the Chargers are really going to have to consider how they can keep him around. Now, I don't foresee them keeping four backs. But in the event that they do decide they have to find a way to get the guy on the team, whether that's, you know, find a way to sneak him through to the practice squad, whatever, however they get it done, could come at the cost of another another player. And the person that kind of sticks out to me a little bit is Xander Horvath. I'm not really sure if they'll cut Xander because they like him as a core special teams guy. But mm -hmm. something they're going to have to try to work their way through because I don't necessarily think you want to let a talent like that go, especially when you take into consideration the fact that uh, it's probably Eckler's last year. Kelly is on the last year of his contract, and you're looking at a backfield that's going to be Isaiah Spiller and who else? Be nice to have a one-two young punch cost controlled for the next couple years to move forward with at the running back position. Hell, nobody wants to pay running backs these days now, so you know, you're doing yourself a little bit of a favor there. Even though, you know, it's the market is the market. I don't agree with the fact that the dudes don't make any money, but uh, the business is what it is. And if you're going to go that route, then this may be the easiest path to having good production and young talent that can continue to groom that can be effective. And I mean, am I saying that either one would be an ideal Eckler replacement next year? Nah, but combined, both of them give you pretty much everything that you get from Eckler. Um, Spiller's a bigger back that did exhibit a little bit of speed there on that 71 yarder that got called back. So um, take that for what it's worth, but he can also catch out of the backfield. And if you're looking for a faster, shiftier dude, Dotson clearly can be that i mean at least through one game so let's get through the rest of the preseason and see how it works out but it's a good problem to have and for the finale i'm gonna harken back a little to the intro where i mentioned the chargers being in joint practices right now with uh, the new orleans saints and i'm gonna call this one number five boot camp you know louisiana shaped like a boot yeah, that. Anyway, what I'm interested in right now is to see what kind of adjustments are being made in day two as opposed to day one. We already know what happened there. Uh, the Chargers apparently didn't perform all that well in the red zone, which has been a bugaboo in the past. And uh, Kellen Moore's offense is supposed to be a little bit better in that regard. Dennis Allen's a really good defensive coordinator. He pretty much has a better than decent Saints defense practically every year that he's uh, either been the DC or head coach. So I'm not super surprised by it, but the Chargers are getting some really good looks out there. They got to get that red zone stuff figured out. You can't be settling for threes. Sixes are what wins you games. But what I'm interested in 
after just the Friday practice, of course, and seeing how things were adjusted and uh, how they performed there. Going into the game on Sunday, can Easton Stick give a follow-up performance to what we saw against the Rams last week? Uh, even though he's still going to be going against the Saints backups, some of their backups are dudes that are fighting for starting roles who have starter experience or at least starter level snaps in years prior. So, this ain't going to be no walk in the park for you, Easton. If he can put on a somewhat similar performance, then, hey, we might actually have something there in the backup. And once again, you feel a little bit more comfortable in the event that he has to step on the field for, you know, a few snaps, maybe a game. I don't want to have to go that far, but you get what I'm saying. <clears throat> QJ. Saints have some dogs in the secondary, particularly at corner. And day one, doesn't look like a whole lot went his way. We saw the drops from game one, and look, I'm never here on this channel in general. We'll never be pander bears, is what I call it. We like QJ. First round draft pick, he's a charger. We're rooting for him. We want the kid to be great. But we cannot deny what we saw last week. He had the drops. Some of that stuff, and we won't get into detail about it because everyone has their varying opinions on it, but there are a few things that happened that you can't dispute. There were a couple catches that he absolutely should have made. Let's see some improvement from last week to this week. Yeah, I'm sure there were some nerves there, but again, you can't just dismiss it as that because we've seen this. These were known issues coming out of TCU, and they seem to be showing up here later in camp. And now that they have actual on-field competition, it's reared its ugly head a little bit more. So Sunday, all eyes on you, QJ. Get those hands rocking and rolling. Hell, sleep next to the jugs machine for all I care for the next few days. Whatever. Just let's get there, man. Let's see some improvement. Step up, make a couple plays. And really and truly, I'm not talking about the 50, 60 yard bombs, dude. Just catch some slants. Uh, let me see you securely catch the ball as naturally as possible. Because even on that touchdown he caught from stick, he bobbled it a little bit. You can tell it's probably in his head. But I'm not without confidence in the kid. I'm just realistic. And I know that when you have problems like that, they they aren't fixed overnight. Just give them some time. But that's what I'm going to be looking for this weekend. And uh, until the next time around, y'all just keep it light. Be easy. Y'all know what it is with me. I appreciate you for taking time out to listen to me because I'm just here ranting. I'm just a dude. Loves the team the same way y'all do. Uh, we may not always agree on different points, which is fine. So that's what makes the world go round. But I'm always going to shoot you straight, regardless. You know what it is with me. Yeah, I am sipping out of a straw from a can. I don't care what you say about me. I had a past experience where I had a drink and didn't clean the rim of that bad boy and ended up swallowing something. I don't know what it was. Yo, pause. That was a lot of pauseworthy stuff in that last statement but whatever we're gonna be adults and i'm not taking that risk anymore so i'm using straws from here on out and i didn't necessarily have to give that explanation but i know some of y'all are gonna nitpick me about it so you know, i entertained it for you because i love you guys but again 
till the next time uh see you actually uh after hours after the game on sunday where we'll be chopping it up about uh however the game went but catch y'all in take it easy gone